Advent is one of my absolute favorite times of the church year, but I find myself living in kind of a, a tension this time of year uh, because, well, the world lives this season one way, and the church forever has lived it another. So I went to Drug Mart on November 1st, and do you know what I saw in the aisles? Christmas decorations, right. Because even though Christmas is December 25th, we've got to have decorations. And actually, i got to be honest, they had the Reese's trees. <laughs> I may have bought a couple. I'm just saying. But you have this, this way that the world looks at, at Christmas and we're going to rush to Christmas. And we're, we're going to start playing Christmas carols in, in the middle of November. And, and, and we're going to get up our decorations. And, and, and there's all this kind of crazy, frenetic energy about getting ready for Christmas. But over here in, in the church, we have this season of, of Advent that kind of slows down. It's, it's a season of repentance and reflection. So on the one hand, I've got this really high energy because I still live in the world, right? You, you live in the world, don't you? Okay, just checking. You know, we, we've got that going on in our lives. And yet, you come here and, and it's like, wait a second. How, how do these things go together? There's, there's kind of this, this pull and this push. And, and where do we fit with, with all of this? Well, you know, as I'm reading through the scripture lessons for today and I, I'm thinking about the message and, and all of the things that are going on, I, I've, I've actually come to think that this is probably a good thing, this back and forth, this, this push and this pull. I can tell you that years ago, uh, this really upset me, this, this secular part of Christmas, this, you know, we got to get all of our decorations up, and oh, and now we're going to have parties, and oh, and now we're going to do this, that, and the other thing. But some of this is really good, isn't it? Isn't it good to gather together with friends and family, and to eat really good food, and to listen to some fun music, and maybe even sing those things together? Aren't those good creation-oriented gifts? Maybe even to raise a toast for one another. And I don't mean bread. To be able to recognize that God has blessed us with abundance and, and, and wonderful things in order for us to enjoy life. I think that my problem with this, though, is that we get so fixated on this part the enjoyment and, and, and the reception of those gifts that we forget about the slowing down, the remembering, the reflecting, and the reception of some other really important gifts. Like thinking about, you know, okay, Christ came and he was born and they placed him in a manger. Why? There's no room for him in the inn. What does that tell me about my own heart? 
or to think even, you know, why did Jesus need to be born to truly be one of us, to bear our sins, to be our Savior, to die in our place in order that he may also rise to give us everlasting life. We need this part of our our Christmas and our Advent preparations. You know, I love this part in Isaiah that, that says that we're going to beat our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks. This peacefulness of this whole season, this preparation for a time when there will no longer be any violence in our world. A time when when Jesus returns and those things that he started on that first Christmas, we live in anticipation of the fulfillment of them. And friends, this is what Christians have done all the way back to the beginning. In Genesis chapter 3, we find the account of the first sin when Adam and Eve ate from the fruit of the tree. And you, you, you might recall, you know, if you've read this before, there's this encounter with God, you know, where are you? What have you done? Did you eat from the tree? And there are some consequences because, you know, they disobeyed God. One of them being that they die. They didn't die immediately, but that was not part of God's plan for them. And all of a sudden they have these consequences. But with the consequences, God gave a promise. And that promise was that there would be one who would be born who would crush the serpent's head. Now, one of the things I learned at the seminary is that Genesis 4 follows Genesis 3. In Genesis 4, we have the account of the birth of Cain, the first child that we have a recording of being born. And Eve Eve says something really interesting when Cain is born. She says, with the help of the Lord, I have gotten a man. Ladies, when you had children, were you like, with the help of the Lord, I have gotten a boy, girl? No, it's it's a boy. Yes, it's a girl. Thanks be to God. But I really think that in that moment, when Eve is holding that little baby boy, little Cain, her mind is not just in that moment, but her mind is back in Genesis 3 when God said, I will send one who will will crush the serpent's head. And she's looking at her baby boy and wondering, is this him? With the help of the Lord, I have gotten a man. And was he? No, not even close. We get the first murderer is what we've got right there. 
But I think that what's going on, and you can see this all through the Old Testament, that every time a baby boy is born, is this the one who is going to come and reconcile us to God, who is going to to save us from sin and death? That's Advent stuff. And that's really important for us to take time to ponder in order to receive the fullness of this gift that we celebrate in a lot of ways over here. Even though a lot of that celebration sometimes is completely disconnected from this blessing that God has given. So here we are. People of God, people living in in hope of this salvation that, that Jesus has won for us. People who live in the world but people who also have a connection to Jesus. People who have been told to watch and to wait. People who have been reminded no one knows the day or hour when Jesus will return. And that impacts how we live. So as I think about how we prepare for Christmas, I want to make some suggestions. This part over here, the good food, the friends, the family, enjoy it all. Throw yourself into those celebrations. Rejoice in those earthly blessings that God gives. Because God is the giver of all good gifts, right? Says that in James, yes, so, yep. God is the giver of all good gifts, including pecan pie and Christmas cookies and family and friends. Rejoice in those things. But don't leave leave the Advent side alone. Don't just drop that. Carve out a, a little piece of this season to meditate, to live in repentance, to to think about like what what it says in in Romans where where it talks about putting off the, the works of darkness and making no provision for the flesh. To look and say, is my relationship with with God, with with these material blessings, are these good and right and holy? As as I live in, in, in Christ's forgiveness, have I put on Christ? And is my life displaying that I put on Christ? And to live in the forgiveness that Jesus gives to us. So this Advent season, these, these four weeks leading up to Christmas, I, I want to encourage you to use them. Historically, Advent was a season of repentance. It was a lot like Lent. You know how we have this, what are you giving up for Lent, right? It's a form of fasting. Giving something up in order to focus on God's word, on God's gifts, to spend time praying, reading the scriptures. And so I want to encourage you to maybe take some time to fast across this Advent season. And if you choose to do that, I would recommend Friday. You know, just go without breakfast. 
you're really crazy, go without breakfast and lunch. And use that time to pray. Maybe use the money you would have spent on lunch to throw in the red kettle or to make a donation someplace else in order to think about God's gifts and God's blessings. Oh, why Friday, by the way? Something happened on a Friday, right? Jesus died on the cross on a Friday. It's a good day for fasting. You got 24 days, right? Today's December 1. Got Christmas Eve coming up, December 24. The Gospel of Luke happens to be 24 chapters long. It's the gospel that contains Jesus' birth all the way through the ascension. Maybe this is something good to take up reading one chapter of the gospel of Luke each day to prepare for Jesus' coming. Not just the first one, but when he comes again, to have all of that focused and in your mind and in your heart. Make worship a priority across the season. Come, gather around the word and the sacraments. Receive Jesus' gifts. And to help you do that, we've got an extra worship service. Wednesday evenings, 7 o'clock. Come and hear God's word and sing his, his praises and remember and receive the gifts that he gives. Don't, don't set this aside. Don't lose track of the good gifts that that God gives in a season of repentance. Even as you do rejoice in all of these blessings, because we are people who have a real reason to be joyful. We live in anticipation of the fullness of God's salvation. We've received it in Jesus, and someday when he comes again, we're going to know it more fully than we do even now. And that's worth celebrating and remembering. Amen.